Hey everyone, this is Achuta Baba from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to talk about Venus's upcoming square with Jupiter. Uh, Venus is in Scorpio right now. It is approaching a square to Jupiter. It is, it is in what is called the overcoming or superior square position. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and give you um, just a sense of what to expect from this transit this week, which in addition to Mercury square to Pluto, which we talked about yesterday, is one of the highlight transits of the week. So that's what we're getting into today. I'm also going to read a little bit from the Archetypal Universe. Ren Butler has a great entry on this particular aspect. And then there's a few other things I want to say about it and defining what an overcoming or superior square is and what happens when Venus is debilitated but overcoming Jupiter. Some interesting things. So um, before I do that, as you all know, I'm in promotion mode right now. My new course, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, is starting in November. Check it out on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Go to the courses page, click on the first year course, and you can scroll down and learn all about it. There's 30 courses on the year, 12 guest lectures. We have a whole bunch of breakout study sessions, a staff full of tutors that are ready to help you throughout the year. I'm available year round by email to help students with questions. We also have lots of optional homework and reading and bonus videos and optional quizzes. There's a certification core, um, exam at the end. If you want to take it, you have actually a year within which to take the certification exam after the end of the program. So it's a really great interactive course. The webinars meet on Saturdays at noon Eastern time, starting on November 13th. You can use the early bird payment and save $500 off. If you register right now, you can also use the uh, payment plan if you need it or tuition assistance, need-based tuition for people who are in need. So I hope to see some of you there. If you have any questions, feel free to email us, info at nightlightastrology.com. Really excited for a new uh, class of students coming in soon. And um, yeah, it's a great way to deepen your studies of astrology. At the end of the program, I bring in a lot of live clients. You'll see me, not, not only do we go through the theory, history, philosophy um, of ancient astrology, but then we really um, take a lot of time to look at how this works in practice through live clients coming in that you'll see me read for. After the live client leaves, we sit and break down the session. Those are really, really valuable, easily everyone's favorite part of the course. So at any rate, uh, there's also my readings and passages course, which is coming up. We'll be promoting that more in the next couple of weeks. That's an advanced class for people who already are either in one of my programs, have graduated my first year program, or who have taken a Hellenistic astrology course previously. Um, you might find that one interesting. I'll be advertising that in a couple of weeks. So that being said, let's take a look at the real-time clock and get a sense of this transit. Here we go. So you can see that Venus is in Scorpio right now. And Venus, of course, is debilitated in Scorpio in the sign of its exile, is moving into a square with Jupiter in Aquarius. And we'll be crossing over that square between now and Friday. So you'll feel it intensify, especially on Thursday, September 30th into October 1st. That's the same time that Mercury is passing through the square to Pluto again. So it's interesting that both are happening simultaneously. All right. So with that being said, the Venus-Jupiter square has um, a number of different things that you know, defining characteristics, you might say. But what I want to focus in on before I turn off the real-time clock is what an overcoming square is. So I'm actually going to 
here we go. I'm going to change the view on the screen here a little bit. So what you can see here is that if you were to imagine that Venus is looking into the center of this chart, the square that it's making to Jupiter is to Venus's right-hand side. If Venus were facing like a person facing the middle of the circle, then it's square to Jupiter is going to its right. When that happens, that means that Venus is not only squaring Jupiter, but in what we call a superior square, which means it's going to exert its influence over Jupiter. It's a bit like saying, um, you know, if you come to my house and you're a guest and you have special needs or desires, and maybe I'm really enamored by you, I'm like, oh, I really want to make sure this person's happy, then I'm going to sort of I'm going to sort of acquiesce to your desires and needs, or you might exert more influence upon me than I'm able to exert upon you because maybe you're more assertive and maybe I'm more concerned about pleasing you, something like that. So when Venus is in the superior position, it's going to have a little bit of a dominant effect over the blend between Venus and Jupiter that we normally consider in any aspect between the two of them. It's a square, which means it's of the nature of Mars. So you could also say that Venus is exerting a little bit of a Mars-like pressure on Jupiter. Now, Venus is debilitated in a Mars-ruled sign as well. So what does that mean if we put it all together? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's talk first about some of the general archetypal significations of Venus and Jupiter, which are handy. And I'm going to read a passage from one of my favorite archetypal cookbooks, The Archetypal Universe by Ren Butler. Um, he is actually going to be coming hopefully to the winter speaker series. We have our fall speaker series set, by the way, if you visit the Nightlight Astrology website, you can get free links to any of our fall speakers and see them, see them give great talks this autumn. It's totally free. And Ren should be joining us for the winter series. I confirmed with him, not, haven't confirmed a date yet, but really excited to have him come and speak. One of my favorite books, here's what he says about Venus, Jupiter. And I apologize if you can tell that I lost my voice. I went to the Vikings season opener with an old friend of mine from junior high school and um, trying to talk to him during the game, you know, and uh, screaming and whatever. I lost my voice. So, um, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun, had a lot of fun. And uh, okay. So here's what he says about Venus, Jupiter, feelings of grand happiness and enjoyment positive and supportive relationships, a gorgeous and expansive beauty, impressive taste and style, the glory of love. See how everything with Venus and Jupiter sort of inflates or aggrandizes or makes bigger and more sublime the natures of Venus. Tendencies toward rich living and indulgence. There's the kind of maybe excessive qualities of Jupiter hitting Venus. Social ambition and snobbery cloying sweetness and friendliness, a gaudy, overblown aesthetic, habitual laziness and passivity. Some of the shadow sides. So uh, characters and character and themes, expansive feelings of happiness and friendliness, harmony and accord, popularity and likability, generous urges to give and share, genuine concern for others, positive and supportive relationships, beneficial and helpful friendships, honored friends, the glory of love, Philosophical compatibility, shared values, relationships with a value on growth, philosophy, or travel, a love of foreign cultures, a talent for hosting social events, beneficial times for parties and gatherings, a holiday atmosphere, urges to celebrate. It's better to live rich than to die rich. That's from Samuel Johnson, he quotes. 
qualities of charm and sophistication, glamour and flamboyance, a gorgeous and expansive aesthetic, impressive taste and style, a grand beauty bursting out all over. It was roses, roses all the way from Robert Browning, the beautiful things that adorn the world from Santayana, a gracious and loving approach to sexuality, pleasure as natural and healthy. So these are all the kind of Venus Jupiter qualities. Now he talks about the shadow qualities, a love of shopping, luxury and extravagance, rich living and overindulgence, decadent materialism, conspicuous consumption. I always say shopping is cheaper than a psychiatrist, says Tammy Faye Baker. An inordinate pursuit of status and prestige, social ambition, desire to have friends in high places, alliances for material gain, social gatherings with a theme of career advancement, the beauty culture, the beautiful people, the fashion scene in all of its negative sense. Qualities of vanity and conceit, of an inflated sense of one's attractiveness, a need to feel more cultured than other people, social and aesthetic pretensions, snobby feelings and courtly mannerisms, right? habitual laziness and passivity, phoniness and hypocrisy, the potential to be spoiled by privilege, excessive love of ease, cravings for sweets as a substitute for love. <laughs> watch out <laughs> right so venus jupiter in general you're pairing the goddess of love with a planet that tends to aggrandize and make things bigger and also stately and sort of um jupiter can make things sort of stately and regal and um sort of professional and authoritative and uh, jupiter's a bit like the sun in that regard actually uh, if you think about the robes that the professors wear when they go into the, you know, the, the basketball arena to, to do the um, graduation ceremony, they're wearing their robes and they, they have their little hats on and they, they all look like Hogwarts professors. That's very Jupiterian. Um, same thing for the robes that a judge may wear or the uh, official um, degrees hanging on the wall of a doctor's office or a lawyer attorney's office. So professions that have a lot of clout and education and uh, repute in society and things, all Jupiterian kinds of things. The law is related to Jupiter, piety, faith, and religion, education, these kinds of things. Anything that acts as a system or ideology that holds society together, very Jupiterian. So what happens when Venus is in this overcoming position and debilitated these are some of the um, things to really watch for right now. A little bit more of the shadow sides, I would say, with this this week because of Venus overcoming Jupiter while being debilitated and Jupiter also being retrograde and um, slowing down to station. Um, when Venus overcomes Jupiter, there can be preferential treatment given that overlooks laws or fairness. Uh, so be careful of like preferential treatment or bias playing a role. Oh, you're attractive. You're beautiful. You're, it's favorable for me to give you some kind of advantage because it helps my reputation or something like that. Desire or lust, let's call it, and desire isn't bad, but let's say it's the not so healthy kind of desire, overcoming one sense of ethics or morality or fairness or discernment. I just want that. And I'm going to bend or twist the rules or convince myself that what I'm doing is somehow noble or good or healthy, or it's just fine. Luxury overcoming piety. So when you 
indulge in something to an unhealthy extent, and then you um, you lose track of your spirituality, your faith, your your wisdom, you know. And that happens to all of us. It's a pretty. It's actually, you know, it might sound kind of exaggerated, like uh, you know, some kind of um, you know, you're you're falling from heaven because you you reach for the apple or something. That's kind of a an exaggeration, perhaps, of the more mundane you know, Venus overcoming Jupiter experience, which might just be something like, I forgot to do my meditation today because I got, um, you know, maybe I got wrapped up. I went, I went out shopping or something. It could be that simple, you know, and, and I forgot to take care of myself or I forgot my better practices or something like that. Um, justifications of um, uh, our, our desires morally, philosophically, Oh, well, you know, this is why this thing that I want is probably selfish and maybe overly indulgent is, you know, twisting it to make it sound noble or good or something like that. So you'd be really careful of those kinds of things. If I think of Venus overcoming Jupiter, I, I remember there was a Venus Jupiter contact when we, and I've told this story before, but when um, my wife's friend was getting married at Disney World. And she, her friend is like a big, they, she worked there at one point and they're her and her fiance were like big Disney world people. And so they had this really beautiful wedding at Disney world. It's kind of like Cinderella. I want to say it was at Epcot actually. And it was like in the Italian, they're Italian. And it was like in like the Italy place of Epcot or something. And it was sort of Cinderella. Like it was really beautiful. And then, you know, we went to Disney world as a family the next day and my summer was actually was pregnant with summer. And then Gigi was, I think she was like three or something. So we went around Disney world and uh, I'll never forget. It was, you know, just like observing. And I can't remember what aspect it was, but it was a Venus Jupiter aspect that was perfecting. And it was either a square or an opposition. And the feeling that I had was like, wow, this is very magical. Like Venus, Jupiter, you know, like all the colors and the rides and the magic of all these stories, some of which are really, were really dear to my daughter by that point. I mean, she's only three, but like, I think she, she could recognize like little Nemo or something like that. And there were a few things that she recognized throughout the park, you know, that were really, there were good magical memories that were made, you know, fairy tales, imagination, Venus, Jupiter, the grand artistic displays that was Disney World, but also then simultaneously, there was this barrage of consumerism and materialism and, you know, like, like overwhelm of the senses. And I remember trying to do my japa, my meditation while I was there in the mornings, you know, we were in a hotel for a few days and like just, it was just, it felt like static, like crazy, you know, mouse voices singing. It's a small world, you know, I'm <laughs> trying to meditate or whatever. So like, I feel like that was a really, for me, that was very eye-opening moment where it showed the clash between Venus and Jupiter, magical, beautiful, but somehow um, too rich, like, like a cake that's just too rich or something. So you have to be careful of that. I had another story of, um, you know, and you've probably heard a version of this story a lot where I had a client who won the lottery one time and uh, they talked about the amount of problems that they encountered after winning the lottery and how they felt like it sort of ruined their life. And I thought it was really interesting that they would feel like winning a whole lot of money um, actually was one of the more negative experiences of their lives. They mentioned the fact that 
immediately when they got the money, they had no education about how quickly um, money of a, of a big amount will go, for example, through taxes, for example, through, you know, car insurance on an expensive car, um, for example, um, you know, property taxes on an expensive house, um, like all, all sorts of things that they, they didn't realize how much it costs to keep up with expensive um, choices, expensive choices lead to more expenses. And the, the, this thing of like more money, more problems. And this was like a real, you know, like a real Venus Jupiter theme. Uh, and I remember at the time when we looked at it, at the time they won um, the lottery, there was a Jupiter transit to natal Venus. They had a very good natal Venus and Jupiter was transiting that natal Venus and hit the jackpot, but it ended up proving very difficult for them. Now, I'm sure those difficulties relative to many other difficulties in the world, a lot of people would say, I'll take those difficulties, you know, so I'm not here to say, well, poor people who win the lottery, but to a certain extent, it was, it was a lesson about how, you know, any, any, anything that looks like a big, extravagant, beautiful, amazing thing. Remember what we said yesterday, maybe. So remember that this week with Venus and Jupiter, I hope this is interesting for you. Just, I wanted to do, just do a brief video on Venus, Jupiter today. It's a pretty fast transit. It'll be through Thursday and Friday this week. So you want to think particularly about the 30th of this month into the 1st of October. We will be doing an overview of the month of October astrology plus horoscopes for October the rest of this week. In the meantime, I'm also getting, I'd love to get your stories right now. So put, use the hashtag grabbed and tell your story for Mercury square Pluto or for Venus. Last week we had Venus opposite Uranus, Venus square Jupiter this week. Please share those stories. I'd like to do another episode next week of storytelling and um, share, your, share your stories and see what you guys have been up to. It's just been a pleasure reading them. If you don't feel like sharing it on the chat, on the chat board in the YouTube comment section, you can always email us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. We don't answer those emails. We just take them and put them into the series on storytelling here. So that's the, uh, that's the basic idea. Remember, new course starts soon. Check it out at nightlightastrology.com. Go to the first year course page. Hope to see some of you in class soon, and we will see you again tomorrow. Bye, everyone.